Hi everyone, my name is Vidya. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fitbots. Absolutely excited to be in conversation today with Tejas Mehta, co-founder of Social Pilot, who has bootstrapped his way to success. Tejas, thank you so much for being part of the Fitbots podcast series. We're truly, truly honored. Vidya, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure. It's an honor, and I've been a big fan of Fitbots, and we've been using Fitbots and Social Pilot as well. So I love what you're doing. Thanks, Tejas. You always make us feel over the moon. Now, <laughs> so we'll probably kick it off with the first question, um, which is on Social Pilot itself. You started Social Pilot about eight years ago. So tell us a little bit about the backstory. How did you really get the idea, and what made you start? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so uh, Social Pilot uh, was started in 2014, as you mentioned, and uh, we took co-founders Jimit and myself. Jimit uh, ran a services company, so he developed a lot of uh, commerce platforms for his customers and a lot of mobile apps for his customers. So it was primarily a services business, right? And then we were like meeting up at his office, tinkering with things here and there, tinkering with some ideas. And then one fine day, he came up with this idea that hey. A lot of my clients, as in his services clients, are facing issues in social media marketing. Why don't we create something around social media marketing? And I'm like, that's a good idea. You know, build something and then we'll see, right? And then in a week or ten days, he kind of came up with the first MVP with a lot of features and stuff like that. And that's how we kind of came across this idea called social media, social pilot, right? Uh, the primary reason why he thought this was a good idea was because at that point in time, in 2014, there weren't a lot of social media tools. Hootsuite was primarily like the market leader, and then there was Buffer and a couple of other tools. And then there were tools in the enterprise segment, but the tools focusing on uh, SMBs and smaller agencies did not exist back then, or there weren't a lot of tools back then, or not very popular. That's how he kind of you know thought about this idea, and then we started jamming on it, and then came up with the first version, and that's how things started. I love the word jamming on it. I think you really jammed well. In fact, you made an amazing, amazing organization. um you know in fact i was just going through some of your reviews and you know users absolutely love you so i can see that easy to use and something which has really really added a lot of value to your customers so kudos to you and your teams thank you for that uh, <laughs> i think uh, a lot of uh, effort goes into ensuring that things are simple Uh, mm. I come from a consulting background and I've worked with Fortune 50 companies so making complicated is easy simplifying things is where difficulty comes in right simplifying does not mean not providing functionalities or capabilities it's like providing in a manner so that it's simple and easy to use and it's difficult more difficult than what it sounds like you're absolutely right uh, i think it's such a conundrum sometimes and uh, you know an oxymoron right and uh, you you actually said it right that simplifying something is actually so difficult so in fact uh, that gets me to the next question and um, you know this is really on the current state that we're all uh, the world is going through at the moment so we seem to be witnessing like a perfect storm of rising inflation rates skyrocketing oil and gas prices turmoil of war you know the plunge of tech growth and we also hear about how 61% of the stocks have not been doing too well uh, especially in technology companies and this is in fact put a lot of pressure on funding but you consciously as an organization steed away from funding and that sometimes the infatuation of funding um, brings a lot of attention to companies uh so tell us more about what made you stay away and be successful at the same time sure two factors right one we were out in the market in year one to kind of get funded right but nobody would fund us so hmm. that kind of was not a choice but a constraint uh, so to say and second neither jamit nor i have had any experience in funding 
So we didn't know how to fundraise, right? That's the reason we have bootstrap. Once we kind of started getting cash flow positive, then we did not think about funding because the growth itself was fueling profitability and then profitability again fueling growth as well. So we didn't require a lot of funds after like a, a year or two years of operations. The reason why we were able to survive bootstrap were two primary reasons, right? One reason was our cost of engineers was pretty low. Back in 2014, we were operating in Ahmedabad, not in Bangalore or Gurgaon or Noida. So costs of engineers in Ahmedabad back in 2014 was pretty low. So Jim is already used to run a services uh, company. So he had a team of developers uh, on his payroll and we started Social Palette as a side project to start with, right? And hence we were able to keep our costs low. Second, our customer acquisition model is very inbound. So we don't spend a lot of money even today in acquiring customers. And that helps in uh, ensuring that we don't have to raise funding to kind of uh, fuel growth extra. So low cost of marketing and customer acquisition. And then initial low cost of engineers were the reasons why we are successful uh, as a bootstrap startup. It is absolutely inspiring. In fact, um, you know, just from what you mentioned, I was just reflecting, sometimes the problem actually becomes an opportunity and uh, who best to fund a business than customers themselves? And I think you really, really got both those right. Yeah. So customers really customers have a problem. And if you really solve the problem, they're going to pay for the product. It is all about you know solving customers' problem. If you solve the problem right, then you don't need to go to VC to fund your success. But again, there are limitations. Right? If you're an enterprise company with long sales cycle, you're not going to get customers to fund your development. There you have to go to VCs. Uh, but thankfully, we are in a SME agency space where we don't require like massive funding to kind of just develop the MVP or the first kind of the product. And hence, we were able to build it, get funding from customers in terms of sales, and then build it again. Awesome. Uh, Tejas, you spoke about the early stage when you just got started. And also, uh, you know, some of the words that you use was constraints. So could you talk to us a little bit about the early stage challenges that you went through because many many startups actually go through early stage challenges some of them it could be you know how to get the right team for others it could be how to get the fuel to keep their startup going and for others it could even be the problem validation so could you tell us a little bit about what were your top three early stage challenges if you just look back eight years uh, sure starting up our first problem was how we ensure that we have the right customer segment right and we didn't realize this was a problem till like we were into it after like two, three years. So day one, our product was priced as five, at $5, right? And at $5, we had the absolute worst uh, paying customers. At the start, we liked it because, hey, somebody's paying for the product. But after two, three years, we realized that this is not the right customer segment. We have to kind of five or two more SMBs rather than just individuals extra. At that point in time, it didn't look like a challenge, but you know, in retrospect, it was a challenge, right? Often rounds, the challenges were how to hire a great team, right? How to kind of ensure that we set up the organization for scalability. Uh, when you're starting up, you have low resources. The founders are doing a lot of work. Like Jamit did a lot of development. We had a designer who did like a lot of initial designs. And then I would sit with the designers to kind of, you know, do the design pixel perfect. I would write a lot of copies for website, emails, etc. Jamit himself wrote blogs and stuff like that. So challenges were obviously not finding the right team day zero not even having a clear customer segment in mind. I started with some segment and then migrated to different segments later on. And then we did not even have exactly a clear picture as to where this is going. So uh, this is a story that not a lot of people know. When we started Social Palette, it was like a social media tool for e-commerce stores. So you would connect your e-commerce store to Social Palette and then connect 
your social media networks to social pilot and then the e-commerce product feeds would go into social media networks automatically that was the initial product idea but then we realized that you know that's not working out and we saw that a lot of agencies came in they didn't care about the e-commerce part they focused only about the social media part and then we kind of cut off that e-commerce part so these are some of the on ground challenges i think that every entrepreneur starting up would face over a period of time the idea is not to get locked down but to kind of keep refining and keep finding your way if you can and yeah yeah and and uh, you know beautifully put teaches in fact when letting go is sometimes hard and uh, and you spoke about pivoting and in fact pivoting is also sometimes hard but you and jimit did that absolutely wonderfully and uh, we can see it all in the metrics um so that's get gets me to the next question which is on metrics so you have a lot of companies which have the vanity metrics and you speak about value metrics like in opeka for instance you know, they speak about value saas metrics so what were some of the initial metrics that you kept an eye on especially when you were going through the scale up stage and what metrics do you keep an eye on today so back in 2014-15 we didn't know this concept of mrr and arr right we didn't know this 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 term called recurring revenue although we were like a saas product from day zero we didn't know about these items so on day zero and day one we were focusing only on revenues as to how many or what is the revenue that we're bringing in month on month and what are the number of customers that we're getting month on month and how many customers are leaving right and then slowly we started understanding the importance of metrics so then we realized that you know website visits in itself is just not important what is also important is how many people convert into trial customers and then from there how many people convert into paid customers and then slowly as we kind of grew as an organization and we put in our years we realized that you know there's something called consumption metric that you kind of need to understand as to hey people paying is not enough are those people who are paying you using the product and then if so are they your core users are they casual users are they power users are they active or they dormant so tons of metrics that came into picture but to start with we focused on revenues and customers and then we started focusing on mrr churn arr conversions and other metrics thanks tejas and uh, you know going back metric achievements so many a time you have the metrics and then there are certain strategies that you get together as a company and you were also a company which was funding yourself being bootstrap so what were some of those judo moves that you made together to actually make it through and then scale up uh, to the stage that you're at to be honest with you initially we were blind to metrics right the sole objective of the organization was build what the customers are asking for right so if the customer is asking for a bulk upload feature for example in social palette you'd build the bulk upload feature if the customer is asking for analytics we would build the analytics feature at that point of for the first year second year etc we were like completely blind to the metrics and focused only on ensuring that customers are happy and satisfied and that they keep on using the product so that's where the initial focus was in terms of what to build and how to build and where the company direction is going as we grew we kind of started focusing on ensuring great experience for first time trial users ensuring great experience for existing customers ensuring great experience for the team members and clients and collaborators for the agency etc metrics definitely evolved the metrics that we look looked at 3 years ago are different than right now and i'm pretty sure in 3 years that's going to evolve as well great thanks tejas and is there like a memorable customer experience that you could share maybe an interaction or a testimonial that always sticks in your mind uh we have had quite a few customers actually dropping us pretty long emails in 2015 16 17 saying hey you built a great product it's priced well and can't believe that such a product exists extra 
and then we have we have had emails from people saying hey this product sucks and you know your ui is bad and ux is bad but there's one memorable experience that i have we had this customer that signed up for social pilot in a annual plan and they were migrating from food suite which is a bigger competitor and they had like a lot of expectations from the product now due to some miscommunication the first demo that they set up after upgrading was not attended by our customer success person and then the second demo also was set up in india's night time us day time uh, and that also was not attended by the customer success team and then the customer obviously was curious because they were swayed for the annual program and annual plan and then you know there was no support from our end and stuff like that and uh, i had to kind of uh, jump on a call with them which i enjoyed <laughs> they were absolutely furious as to hey what's happening and then i had to tell them that hey this is what has happened but this is the value we are providing i gave them a demo of the entire product screen by screen by screen answered all their questions ensured that we are here for success and we followed through of the commitment week on week month on month with them today they are our customers for more than four years in fact they are our leading advocates they kind of talk about social pilot in every conference they go they talk about social pilot to every other agency that they know and they gave us they gave us a lot of inputs in terms of product roadmap product ideas bugs um, and uh, newer things that we like to do so that experience was very transformative because you know it 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 kind of revalidated the power of product and power of authenticity and actually caring for the customers so if you really care for the customers and if your product is really solving the problem then customers are willing to forgive minor instances provided you really are authentic genuine caring and the product solves the problem so that that was a me- memorable experience for me lovely tejas and um, you know truly memorable right from taking the bullet to actually having your customer as an advocate so wonderfully uh, articulated there um you know you've also been practicing okrs and of course uh, we've been working together for a few quarters now so what exactly have you put into place when it comes to okrs because as the sponsor of okrs you would have some kind of a mental map in terms of how you would want your teams to adopt it would love to learn a little more about that sure our initial hesitation on okrs was hey we don't know about okrs nobody in the organization knows about okrs how do we kind of go about it right should we should we go direction like department wise function wise should we do a big bang approach how exactly do we go about it and then Uh, Sojourner from Fitbots, your team member, but yeah, he's been helping us, and we took the leap of faith, and we said, let's do Big Bang across the organization. Uh, let's have everybody get trained on OKRs, and instead of us, like the founders, dictating OKRs, let's kind of take a ground up approach, right? Let's ensure that you know, step one, everybody's aligned on the vision, mission, and the strategy of the organization, and step two, let's have teams come up with what they think is important for each quarter. Starting up, you know. things didn't line up very easily there was a lot of uh, help from uh, sojourner jimit and i uh, we kind of jumped in a lot as well but now that we are kind of you know in the third quarter for okrs things are starting to kind of materialize uh, team members are realizing it's very helpful to uh, articulate the vision for the organization and see the impact of that vision and mission across teams in each of the tasks so now there is more meaning to what people are doing there is more bidirectional communication both in terms of strategy tactics and operations and overall everybody is aligned as to where we are going quarter on quarter year on year yeah i completely agree with you tejas in fact you know just connecting of the dots between tasks and outcomes and you know how the company is moving forward i think that those are definitely superpowers of okrs and uh, you, do you have any special okr that 
you always keep at the back of your mind, especially during your leadership reviews. Anything that uh, you would like to share? Uh, there is this OKR that we that we haven't shared with team Sumit and I. But the OKR is how do we improve the happiness of our team members as well, right? Oh wow! Uh, one of the things that we kind of mentioned to everybody who joins Social Pilot is that hey. we know that you are with social pilot for a few number of years you are not a lifelong committed because those days are gone right this is not an organization where people will work for 25 years but how do we ensure that you know whatever time you spend with social pilot actually contributes back to your career help grow personally and professionally right this we don't want this to be a transactional relationship it's not that you work here and we pay you money that's not how it works we want to make an impact like the way for example my we school made an impact on me and i had like memorable two years how do i ensure that you know people who work with social pilot have like a great experience and they in their career go back and they remember that yeah at social pilot i learned xyz it kind of drastically grew my career so that's something that we kind of you know talk to our uh, employees when they join and jimmy and i we frequently discuss about this kr that we have internally between us as to what are we doing to kind of move the needle how do we measure this what are the activities and you know what are the outcomes so that's a special okr between jimmy and i absolutely love it tejas in fact you're also great workplace certified so i saw that coming up on my feed and uh, truly well deserved i think it's a team effort we love working with social pilot in the team and jimith and i we wanted to build an organization where we would have enjoyed if we were employed right so that that's the continuous effort are we perfect maybe not but we're trying hard to kind of you know build a place where you know everybody would enjoy working at the same time everybody is cohesive in terms of approach and we're moving forward love what you're saying uh, tejas uh, thanks for sharing that so coming to you know advice to founders because there are thousands and thousands of startups which are mushrooming every day and uh, what would be your advice to founders who are starting up and founders who are scaling up the only advice that i think matters a lot is listen to everyone but make your own decisions uh, there's not one formula that fits everyone right situations are different functions are different verticals are different startups are different customers are different so keep in mind what is true for you what's your perspective how things work in your organization and stuff right second uh, be resourceful whatever be the, be the problem there's always a solution out right don't just give up if you think you know you're stuck talk to people people are kind and generous we don't realize this importance right of talking to people and asking questions and asking for help but if you ask for help to people very pointedly out of 10 i think seven people would be willing to help three people might be too busy or you know have other things on on their plate but be resourceful ask people for help so yeah take everybody's uh, words but put into practice what you think is right and second if you stuck just ask for help tejas i'm going to take you up on that one but actually whenever we were stuck we always leaned on you so thanks for always being inspiring and helping out other startups no problem that's it's always a uh, leap forward right we were helped by a lot of people as well we we still are in fact one of our competitors ceo of the competitor is a very good friend hmm. and he also gives us advice so that's the extreme level of help that he is doing us right he is competing with us we are much smaller than you know his organization but he's helping us out so if he can help us out you know always speed forward yeah, you you bet and rightly said uh, tejas Uh, in fact now we're getting into a rapid fire round uh, to you as a founder so let's get started tejas your favorite book my favorite book is uh, on marketing by philip kotler mm. uh, i read that book in 2005 when i was in my b school and only in last few years i realized how how important powerful the principles are that remains my bible for marketing yeah absolutely evergreen 
Tej is your favorite quote that you have hung up on your wall and you always look at it and get inspired. So there's this uh, quote from Mad Men. It's a beautiful series of marketing and advertising uh, drama, right? I don't remember the exact verbiage, but it talks about the finite amount of time that we have, right? And that kind of reminds me of doing things that are important for me, doing things that are important for my family, uh, for my employees, uh, for my customers, and not focusing on vanity metrics like, you know, how many conferences did I go to, for example, or how many LinkedIn likes I got, etc. The finite amount of time and nature of time, that's what drives me. Lovely. And uh, yeah, speaking of Mad Men, are you like the Don Draper? <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not close. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wish, but yeah, nowhere close. Okay. Uh, how about your favorite song of yours that you sing, especially when, uh, or do you sing? I, I don't sing. I don't listen to a lot of music. So I'll let it pass on that. Okay. A hobby that you still have where whenever you get time is a, amidst all the work that you do. I, I love gaming. I'm big time into Call of Duty. So hmm. whenever I get some time and get a chance, I hop onto my machine and start playing that. A lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, Tejas, you know, thank you so much uh, for sharing these words of wisdom and it comes right from the heart and right from experience. We can truly see why Social Pilot is so successful and uh, wish you and your team the very, very best as you scale to newer heights. Thank you so much, Pridya, for having me. Pleasure. And thank you. I wish you as well. I wish you a lot of luck to Bitbox as well. Wonderful product. I think everybody should give it a chance. Thank you, Tejas. Goodbye.